There we go. We are back again for another episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack. We're on episode 73, I believe. And this one is a very, it's a very humbling one as well, because we are at the end of the football season in the Premier League. Uh, Rangers lost lit yesterday to Frankfurt in the Europa League final. So this is literally our last week of talking about Premier League football. And uh, who better to bring on as a guest today than Zim from Away Games Podcast. And Zim, I've missed you in terms of the fact that Man United have been bad since we've met so ever since we met we are two sad man united fans but besides that how are you doing today are you okay this, this is true i mean other than you bringing up that fact i am okay um good, good, good. yeah man just finishing work so good to have uh be on this show man thank you for inviting me it's all good it's all good i'm looking forward to seeing what away games have got planned for the summer ahead for the podcast and it's one of those summers where you expect a world cup to be there but it's delayed until november you keep thinking about it like it is in November, isn't it? It's not going to be this summer. So you've got to think about when it's actually going to be. But are you looking forward to the last weekend of the season? Because I certainly am. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, not really Man United, but I'm going to see how they're going to kind of go about it in terms of with Ten Hag in the crowd and how they're going to go about it. If they're going to play the kids, that kind of thing. That's how I'm going to see in Man United this weekend as well. What do you think? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I'm looking forward to potentially what we could see at the beginning of next season um, in terms of um, the exodus of players. Um, I don't really want to see players that are going to go away this summer, uh, whether it be the end of their contract or whether it be um, they're on sale, you know, the likes of Bay, who we haven't seen. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually a fan of him, but just an example of someone I'm talking about. I definitely want to see Garnacho on the bench. Um, I want to see some youth, you know, get, get their time. Um, and the thing is, because Ten Hag is, you know, cut his contract with Ajax early and has made made a start at United. I'm looking forward to to any impact that that has on on the players now this weekend. So Yeah. There's also talk of how Scott McTominay said recently, oh, I don't really want to go on a holiday because I need to impress the new manager. I need to make sure that I'm right for him. And that's a really good mentality. He may not be the best player or the player we want him to be, but the fact that he's always trying for the badge is something that I'm finding quite refreshing at the same time as well as him, which is Really, really good to hear. There were rumours again today that uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka is allowed to leave Manchester United because Eric Tohag has already been in London. He's been working since Monday at the time of speaking. He's only been working a few days, but he's, men- he's mentioned a few players that he doesn't actually want at the club who are still under contract as well. And Aaron Wan-Bissaka is one of them. What do you have to uh, react to that about? How do you react to that? Sorry, I should say. That. Yeah, um, I, we, we obviously did a show a few weeks ago and um, one of the people who I mentioned to, to get rid of was um, AWB. Mm. Um, shout out to him as well, because I think a lot of people might be a bit sensitive when you say you don't want someone at your club. It's very extreme. It's like, oh, you love them or you hate them. There's no in between. I just don't think that he's, Man United is the right fit for him. That's mm. all it is. So so um, I think it's good for both parties that he, he'll be allowed to go. And I like how, how it's been phrased. He's allowed to go. It's not like get out of here kind of thing. It's... You're getting forced out the door. <laughs> You're not getting pushed out the door like they wanted Meza Ozil out the door for Arsenal. It's nothing like that in the exactly. media. Exactly. It's not personal, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy about that. Nah, it should be good. And uh, who would you think is going to win the Premier League on this weekend as well? Because last time we saw Liverpool coming back with a second team against Southampton as well. So, literally, a point difference all to play for on Sunday. Aston Villa versus Manchester City. Liverpool, I think, are playing Wolves away, so or home. I don't know where they're playing, but I've always said since around probably February that Liverpool are going to win the league. Since I mm. thought Chelsea were going to win the league in August, which I got wrong, unfortunately. But um, uh, what are your thoughts on it? Do you reckon Liverpool have what it takes? Do you reckon Steven Gerrard has an ace up his sleeve um, for Aston Villa? So I, 
don't know if you've heard of um, the fact that Aston Villa fans might be wanting Grealish to win. So people always talk about Gerrard as the spanner in the works, like preventing Man City from winning or making Liverpool win. But Aston Villa fans, obviously Grealish is a local lad, supports the club. They might want him to go on and do bigger and better things. Like I have a reason for why he left. Yeah. Um, so Being worth but, the price tag of 100 million as well. Is that well? Yeah, they needed that. Well, they got rich owners, but uh, it's not going to hurt their pockets. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think Man City will get it done. Um, I don't want to say I hope so, but I'm going to phrase it as I just hope Liverpool don't win. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's such an awkward situation for us two, um, Man United fans. Exactly. <laughs> You're just kind of the like, enemies. <laughs> the worst of the enemies can't win. It has to be the yeah. second worst enemy. The one yeah. with the less history has to win because they're the, they're of less relevance and less it's, importance. But but at the same time, I'd if Liverpool were facing Man City in the final, I'd rather Liverpool win. I, yeah. I don't want Man City to get there first and to be like, oh, we're we're part of the big boys, big yeah. boys. No, 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 you're not part. Of the we're big a big boys. club now. We've done it nah. in Europe. That type of thing. Nah, that's nah. that's why it's funny yeah. when um, Benzema turned up and he, and Rodrigo turned up in that last minute as well. I can't, I can't stop watching that reaction video <laughs> for that semi final as well. This is incredible. <laughs> and you predicted it as well a couple of weeks ago as well. You're like, big Benz, big Benz is gonna do it, and you did you it. Have to think with your heart, man. You see this? That's the heart. You have to think of it. Tactical genius right there, Zim. Tactical genius at all. Thank you. you. But no, we're uh, we're expecting Sean to come on to the podcast later on. But before he does come on, I just wanted to chat to you a bit more about Arsenal Football Club and how they've kind of... Do you think they've bottled it? Do you reckon it was within their grasp to actually win um, a Champions League uh, place this season? Or do you think it was one of those where it's just a bit a step too soon for them? Because I think they've personally bottled it. When they celebrated against Aston Villa away back in February, March time, what, six, seven points clear of fourth? A couple gassed. games in hand as well. They were gassed. Proper, they knew they gassed. they knew they had it in their grasp, but that lack of experience, I think, has kind of cost them. And they've yeah. spent a lot of money last summer as well, around 150, 140 million pounds as well. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, like that, that's the thing. Um, I can't say that because a lot of people put their owners at fault. Mm. And essentially, when you when you're not running something well, yeah, the person in charge is at fault. This has only been one season post Grealish, right? If like you were to see what they did with that investment, that the sale of Green Greenish, you couldn't you couldn't really fault it. Coutinho, Leon Bailey, like they they brought in some good players, right? Um, so anyway, with with Arsenal, right? So that that was just a little Aston Villa segment because it just kind of irks me when people say, ah, oh, the owners this, owners that. You lot don't know about Man United's owners, anyway. Um, with Arsenal, I think they they did bottle it especially because they had no midweek fixtures throughout the season. So they, they should have, like, exploited that. They didn't capitalise of that. It was and like then, Chelsea when they won the league a couple of years ago with Conte. They had no yeah. European fixtures because they finished around 12th or something like that. And so Conte just made every week in the cup finals. And it worked for them. It's exactly. And the way you phrased it even, like, winning Champions League places, like, that. It's not a win, but that's a that's an Arsenal win. Let's say that it is and an Arsenal. Get that. It is an Arsenal. Even get that. Do you know what I'm saying? They didn't even get that. It was, it was um. What was it again? You know, Arsene Wenger when he left and it was like fourth place as a trophy, and all the Arsenal fans were slating him. And the end of his tenure at Arsenal, they're like, oh yeah, we're going. We're, the times are changing. We're going to get better. Now they're actually craving, craving for fourth place. Yeah, and they can't do it. 
after all the money they've spent, more money than a lot of Arsene Wenger had to spend in those uh, early 2010s as well. Mm. He was dealing with scraps. And for anyone listening who thinks Arsene Wenger was overhyped as a manager, watch the documentary on Amazon Prime or just go back and do your history because Arsene Wenger, compared to the managers have had Emery, Freddie Jumberg as a Arteta, he did bits. And it's the fact that he did it with scraps. Mm. Consistently, third, fourth, second one season as well with scraps. He did amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah and Arteta, yeah. who's this wannabe Pep Guardiola, is just there like, nah, mate, it's, it's, I don't want to talk. It's not for me to talk about. I don't want to get in trouble with the refs. He's, he's trying to be like all the big managers, man. He's not there yeah. yet, man. He needs to settle, bro. Like, he's not tried a Conte. to do a Mourinho. Yeah, yeah or Conte. <laughs> he's, he's not he a Mourinho to... with the arrogance. You can't just come with arrogance and have nothing to back up. They yeah. came with arrogance because they had something to back up with, which was yeah. crazy as well. That's um, it. So yeah, they've got. I mean, Arsenal in the last few uh, month or a few weeks have been playing midweek games just to catch up on fixtures and that. And you're seeing how it's taken its toll. Like before you see the Newcastle game, complaining about it as well. Yeah, <laughs> come on, bro. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that is mad ironic, man. But mm. um, so if they don't get, it, which is unlike, I don't think they will. Um, Spurs even, can't be that Spursy and bottle up against that's, Norwich. You know they what really I mean? Especially on the Conte, right? Yeah. Because Sean predicted Spurs would get fourth just because of Conte, like, yeah, back when he was announced. So I was like, yeah, that was a while ago. But with Arsenal, I was there was no, I was never convinced that they were going to get a result against Newcastle. I was never convinced about that. And mm. it's, it's telling. So, yeah, man. I was of the minority there, but Arsenal kind of had it signed up. And I said it on the podcast back in like, January, February time as well. And it's just one of those things that you think when something's going to happen, they've got it within them to happen. And the best thing about this is it's going to be documented on Amazon Prime as well. We're going to see the downfall <laughs> of Arsenal all over again come in September, October as well, which will be which will be great fun as well. And I'm looking Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya's um narrating it. That's gonna be funny. Because <laughs> I just imagine him a get out voice, <laughs> like just narrating it on Amazon Prime. That's crazy. It's like it's like that picture of Hector Bellerin crying with his Real Betis shirt on. It's like, oh no, I've got to go back. I just got out. I've got to go back. This loan isn't permanent. Crazy. <laughs> After they won a trophy as well, Real Betis did as well, which is which is really good for them as well. Um, mm. But no, last question for myself because at the time of recording, the games haven't been played um, on the Thursday, where the likes of Everton, Leeds, and Burnley are all in shout of relegation. Personally, for me, I think Burnley are going down. I think losing to Aston Villa, they could do today. I could sound like a fool after they win like 3-1 against Aston Villa or something, but I personally want Leeds to go down. I think it will be very fun to see how Leeds United go down, the amount of money they spent, the way they sacked Marcelo Bielsa, uh, one of the better managers we've seen in the Premier League. I've never been a big fan of the way they play in the big games when they do look to lose possession quite easily and go one-on-one man-marking and Jesse Marsh has had a tough time coming into the Premier League this season as well, mid-season at the same time. Kind of with Frank Lampard as well. Frank Lampard hadn't had the opportunity to kind of develop this team, but he did get to spend a lot of money as well. Deli mm. Ali hasn't worked out. Van der Beek's been injured, not really worked out as well. Playing Iwobi as like a third centre mid sometimes as well has kind of worked for him at the same time. But I think Everton may be strong enough to survive. I don't think they um, are looking like they the ones that are going to drop down, but who do you think is going to be the last team to get relegated to? Um, to be honest, I what I want, I, I'd, I'd like to see Everton go down, you know. It um, would be brilliant. Yeah, Lampard but it's not because of Lampard, brilliant. though. It's not even because a lot of people say that. Yeah, It's just, mm. 
I, I like new things, right? And they're one of the few teams who've never been relegated. They'll probably just come back up anyway, but mm. um, it'll just be different. Like, what? Everton's not in the Prem. So more for Bantz, to be fair. It'd um, be funny. It'd be like that time when Newcastle got relegated with, like, Shearer's manager, Michael Owen up front as well. That was something yeah. brand new to us because everyone's like, they're too big to get relegated. That's Yes, with Villa, Leeds, like, these are what you'd describe as Premier League sides. And, mm. and in the same way that I'd want... Um, Everton to go down just for a first time. I want Nottingham Forest to get promoted. Um, not just not to like change it too much, but um, they they they're like a Premier League team in my in my books because of their history. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, now what I think will happen. Um, I, I see I see Leeds going down, but um, I'm gonna because their goal difference is much worse than Burnley's, and so if Burnley get a draw. Because um, I think they're one point behind. Yeah, it, they're one point behind. If they get a draw against Aston Villa, then it's likely. So that's if they get a draw. Um, I don't think they will. So my my final answer is Burnley going to go down. Um, that's You're thinking under your head there. Don't think with your heart. <laughs> my heart would say Everton, though. Heart would say know? Everton. <laughs> your heart worked before as well. But my heart was yeah, but it's different though. They don't have the heritage. They don't have that, that bottle of heritage. They don't have that bottle of heritage, yeah. Exactly. Do you know how mad it would be without the Merseyside derby in the Premier League? Weird. That'd be Weird. insane. Like, Probably. all the Everton fans, who are they going to... They can't even face Tranmere because Tranmere won't be in the championship <laughs> next season either. So, no one's to yeah. have a local derby. with Akrinson Stanley. Akrinson Stanley. Who are they? Exactly. Literally. I don't think Akrinson Stanley would be on their level as well. Everton, man. If, if they serve, it would be much better for them. Um... But no, I, th- I think it will be Burnley that will go down. I'm going to play it safe. And I think Leeds, I'd like to see Leeds go down. With, with my heart, I think it would be good to see Leeds go down because if you do see the likes of Calvin Phillips leave, Rafinha leave as well, some of these players would be good to sign on the cheap as well if, if yeah, they were Rafinha available. Would yeah. Rafinha would be a good alternative if we can't get Anthony, but I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, last question for you regarding the Premier League, Zim. Who do you think is going to finish as top, uh, top scorer in the Premier League? We've got Son, we've got Salah. Ronaldo's a bit far away from the Son, yeah, it's going to be Son. Um, Salah's injured, ain't he? Uh, yeah. So, like, yeah. I think I, I don't Son's know like a goal good. behind, I think, is on 21 compared to 22. Yeah, time. yeah, it might be a joint touch score, but I, I really want Son to get, like, I just think he slept on a lot. Mm. I think his finishing's impeccable, both feet. When he's clean for on goal, you know it's a goal. No yeah. dilly-dallying. Um, very underrated as weird it is, as it is to say a lot of Tottenham fans do try to build him up but I don't know man I don't know what it is and a lot of people describe him as having purple patches like he just like stacks up in goals and that but yeah. I just think his general play is really good um, he's a very sound technical and he's got X factor as well like he's pacey um, double footed as well he can play with his both, left as yeah. well as his right proper ambidextrous whole type of ambidextrous mm. gang like him Dembele all of those lot like you doesn't matter which side you put them on they're comfy yeah and um yes yeah, so I, th- I think I think I think it'll be Son yeah yeah so it, it'll be good to see Son score and again he's got the best team possible to play against in Norwich as well so actually seeing him actually score a couple goals maybe two or three because he got really upset when he got subbing up against Arsenal yeah yeah but I'm it just saying smart, like, it was smart saving him yeah. the because look how many uh, Liverpool players got injured. So, you know, if, if you don't rotate, then that's what can happen. 
definitely. But no, it's been a it's been a fantastic Premier League season, whatever happened so far. Just not for Man United fans like us. So as a neutral, <laughs> most people have probably enjoyed it. From a neutral perspective, I've enjoyed it. But from a Man United fan uh, perspective, it's not been the best. And we can only hope for something better. Because I was saying before, um, off air as well, it can only get better from what we've actually seen and what we've yeah. actually experienced this season on the field and off the field as well. So um, looking forward to seeing what Epton Hag can cook up for Manchester United this summer. And hopefully we don't get overly gassed like we did the first game of the season against Leeds. Uh, when you want five on at Old Trafford as well, like, we're gonna do it this season. I we probably need a slow start. To be fair, I think that's because yeah. even um, Solskjaer had a slow start two seasons ago. Mm. Well, yeah, last season, you know, last season. Yeah, um, I remember Crystal Palace struggling against them. I remember we got um, a penalty after the last minute against Brighton, but we had to have that to to win. I think it was three two. Um, Bruno scoring at top right corner. Uh, it was a slow start, and we came second. Um, so I, th- I think sometimes you need that. You need that element of us against the world, you know. So I like, yeah, I I like to see that back again when the manager is kind of giving it to the press at the same time, and the players can actually give it to other players on the opposite team as well. And because the hype will never not be there for Manchester United, people just want us to fail, and they're happy to see us fail. So to see a fresh face, a fresh outlook with the fresh people on the bench, I think Van Van der Gaag is coming in as well, along with Steve McLaren. So that would be. Yeah. That'll be nice to see a, um, a familiar face back in the dugout at Old Trafford. May not be the main man, but it will still kind of be there in terms of helping settle Ten Hag into English football and helping them go forward as well, which will be really good fun going yeah. forward. I think that'll be good. I think also he's never really been a good main man, um, McLaren. But mm. yeah, he was part of the 99 treble winning um, coaching staff. So I think it'll be perfect because they've worked together as well. They've got a relationship in that sense. Yeah, it was at like 20, wasn't 20. it? When they, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the um, one. So, yeah, and I'm, I'm hearing maybe there'll be other staff like Rennie Mullenstein still, but we, I just don't know how reliable those sources are. But regardless, I think um, Ten Hag, one thing about him, he's very meticulous. Like, from what I've heard from Steve McLaren's um, interviews, um, yeah, he's, you know, he documents every single, like hour of each day and looks back three months later this this is what happened here and like he makes adjustments based on that like he's so spot on with everything like some people it could rub them off the wrong way kind of thing but he he knows what he needs and what what he wants and and I think he can make a real big impact especially with someone that he's worked with like McLaren um, at United so looking forward to that it is something like if you remember when um I don't know who it was I think it was someone like, uh, like Noah Lang or someone one of the players at, yeah. at Ajax yeah. he was All like that. he was like run back run back you're part of this team and he would do was run back and then he was shouting on the touchline he's like you are part of this team if you're not part of this team then that's fine and then the next transfer window he was gone never he heard sold, from him again yeah. at Ajax and then they just carried on they rebuilt they rebuilt after him and the the board backs his decisions to get rid of one of their young prospects in Noah Lang and Noah Lang is nowhere to be seen in, in world football just in Dutch football now um, yeah I think player. the words were were shut up yeah um, it's about the team <laughs> I felt that I felt that just watching it back yeah. but yeah he's obviously got a board that backed him there and I'm hoping Man United do the same thing I mean I, I did see him at um, Club Bruges like the Champions League um, yeah he was doing bits like Noah Lang. I've seen him in, in Europe since then. Mm. Um, but when I say doing bits, it's just he looked like a player, right? Yeah. So this was before I even had seen him at Ajax previously. 
but you know, yeah, you're right. It's it's, it's not like making that much noise. Yeah, he's not yeah. making that much noise. Like, so, because that's the thing I like about Ten Hag is the fact that he improves players who you think um, are just they're just the finished articles. So like Sebastian Heller, uh, he changes perspective from when we saw him at West Ham. And even at Frankfurt, to be fair, to being one of the top scorers in European football this season as well, which is great. Yeah. Dusan Tadic reinvented him as a false nine and then moving him to a left winger. Um, again, at Ajax as well. Daily Blin, one of our own Daily Blin, having him at centre-back and left-back once again, but being a lot more yeah. energetic than we saw him at Manchester United when we saw him as a holding midfielder or, or as a left-back as well. So it's the fact that I'm looking forward to seeing how Ten Hag looks to improve the... The current crop of players, if he does think he can improve Victor Lindelof 5-10%, if he can improve the likes of Fred by 5-10% as well, and if he can, if, if, it's, if it's possible, improve Cristiano Ronaldo by 5-10% <laughs> as well. Because he, he did mention that once upon a time. He's like, give me Ronaldo for a season or two and he'll be even better. I'm like, whoa, that's confidence. Oh, right did there. he mention that? I didn't. He did. It was, really? when, it was when Ajax played Juventus, um, when Ajax knocked them out. It's between the first leg and the second leg when he's like, oh, yeah, if I had Ronaldo, he'd be unstoppable. Like, whoa, this, oh, guy's, wow. this guy's got some confidence on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm liking what I'm hearing, man. Like, he was my manager of choice as well. And I just, I think we can't have everything our way. We can't have, like, the backroom staff of choice and everything. But mm. we're just hopeful that he's got what he needs in place, Um with, with, you know, Ragnar to ex- an extent as a consultant in terms of getting through um, transfer transfers through the door. And, um, yeah, obviously, you've got Matt Judge, you've got, you've got a few people who are different to what we've had in the past few years. I'm hoping that it all comes together in place. Um, yeah, time will tell, man. Uh, but literally time, like, not the first few weeks of the season. And also, you mentioned the World Cup this winter like yeah. how that's going to have an impact in the middle of the season right because this is the first few months that he's going to get to know the players um and so you know that's kind of a dis- disadvantage to you know we're all in a new situation and that it's going to pause before christmas for the world cup but at least managers who have been you know at their clubs for the last few years know their players whereas for him it's a bit new so we'll see how it all um unfolds yeah. Yeah, definitely. And one thing that will pause as well during November and December is the Champions League. And um, yeah, yeah, that's something that I'm really looking forward to talking to you to, to you about today as well. As yeah, to you as well too exactly. about today. My my grandma's fluctuating, kind of like Everton season. Good, <laughs> good segue though. That yeah. was a good segue. Yeah. Good segue because this is kind of what uh, everyone's kind of listening back to as well. Because we did mention that we are going to do a lot of series on the streets. We'll never forget. And this is our Streets Will Never Forget series where we're talking about the Champions League. And to make it easier, BT Sport have released their own like BT Sport Immortals type, make your own team type of thing as well, which is great. I found it fantastic because you got to learn what other players who have played in the Champions League, who have won the Champions League, who what they really value in a football team and who they really think is the best kind of players that they would have in their team as well. And what got me thinking, Zim, is for this episode, and hopefully Sean joins us later on for his kind of team, is if you were to make a six aside, like we would do on this podcast every now and then, but without the main players that BT Sport have, have used as their 33 contenders for the, um, for the Champions League Immortals, who would you pick and why? Because um, I'm going to run through the list just so, we can, just so everyone here who's listening who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Um, the goalkeepers BT Sport picked are... Buffon, Van der Sar and Casillas. Their right-backs are Cafu, 
Danny Elvis and Philip Lahm, PK Ramos, Ferdinand Puyol, Maldini, Varane, Roberto Carlos, Marcelo, Ashley Cole. Midfielders are Xavi, Gerard, Iniesta, Modric, Skull Zidane, Perlo, Seydorf, and Tony Cruz. The forwards are Figo, Messi, Lewandowski, Benzema, Ronaldo, Henri, Ronaldinho, Raul, and Gareth Bale. So for everyone listening, if you see our six-a-side teams on social media and you're like, why the F is Ronaldinho not there? Why, why is Hams not picked Tony Cruz or something like that? How can you not have Roberto Carlos in a six-a-side team? These are the <laughs> rules we're going by today. This is what we're going to be doing. So uh... This is going to be fun for us because we've got a lot of thinking to do and it yeah. will be a proper streets we'll never forget because it's actually going to be from who we've actually thought about and who we can actually think of off the top of our head, which, yeah. will, be, which will be quite fun as well. So shall I let you go first? Do you want to do the honours in terms of yeah. if you can pick someone? Um, yeah, I'll just think, yeah. Okay, okay, so six. So, so that's start five. back to front. Yeah, okay, yeah, that'll be probably easier. All right, so yeah. And again, another rule for our listeners to know, we can't pick the same player as well. So if you pick someone, I can't pick someone. So if you pick Neymar, I can't pick Neymar, that type of thing. Oh, is it it a joint one, by the way? No, it's me versus you. It's me, okay, And then when Sean comes, he can do his one. Yeah, because, yeah, mine will be yours, so. um... Everyone knows it will be mine, so I'm not not complaining. (laughs) I'm just picking people who I like. (laughs) <laughs> there'll, there'll be people here like why the hell has Hamza got Bastian Schweinsteiger uh, on a six-side pitch he cannot do anything on a six-side pitch but that's that's what people will be seeing um, from this on social media later on but no Zim I'm, I'm right, ready cool. to see who you've got in store for me um, okay yeah I, mine's kind of off the top of my head as well I th- I'd say I really really wanted to choose Edward Mendesar and it's so, it's, this might sound crazy right but I feel he's low-key underrated. People know, obviously people know, but I mean, okay, before he signed for Man United, um, uh, before we won the double, right? Um, Champions League double, not just domestic double. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember him, just him at Fulham and at Ajax, and I was like, it just makes sense to get, why don't we get Van der Sar? I, and I was really young, so I wasn't even like football savvy like that. But I was just like, no, Van der Sar, he's a baller. Like, and when he came, like, I, I, he's probably not known as like a super keeper or a keeper who's good with his feet because you know this has been in the last ten years that keeper keepers have had to be good with their feet. But yeah, I remember him doing like passing out with, with his left foot with both feet. He's ambidextrous as a goalkeeper, mm-hmm. not just clearing it like passes, long passes with his left foot. Um, I'm thinking he's so comfortable. Distribution, his long arm span, just get to anyone. So I, re- I really admired that about him. And I think people didn't really talk about that element. Like, because back then, um, keepers were f- for shot stopping. Yeah. And he, but he had extra in his abundance in, in, in his arsenal. So, um, so yeah, I, I would ideally choose him. But because he's on the list that we can't choose, I'll go for Shamichael. Um, and that's who I'm sure most well definitely man united fans will choose but who most man united fans see as the pinnacle of goalkeeping um yeah so that's that's my goalkeeper brilliant so that's a that was a great shout out for edwin van der sar and and peach michael someone who if you haven't seen him play as a goalkeeper you have to see him play because he was the proper dominant keeper for denmark in the european championships in 1992 uh, when they won it as well and Obviously, in 1999, he was Man United's uh, treble-winning keeper at the same time. So he's actually got it in him to be a dominant force on a six-a-side pitch um, for you as well. 
for me personally, because I'm going proper streets, I may get a, a bit of a Sean element in this and just feel like who I want to pick. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going very, very off field compared to you because you're going for really good keepers as well. Because I was thinking of like Canizares. I thought Canizares from Valencia was really good when they got to the the final of the Champions League back in like 2001. It was fantastic to see him play. Uh, someone like Julio Cesar in his prime at Inter Milan and that Jose Mourinho side as well. Again, playing out from the back. He's one of the keepers that used to do that quite a lot. Didn't really do well at QPR, but he did quite well at Inter Milan under Jose Mourinho, which worked really well. Mm. And then I'm thinking of Dida. So Dida, yeah, no, again... Yeah. He does a standard kind of one, isn't it? You're it's standard, thinking, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's Champions crazy. League. Everyone's going to relatively be standard, you know what I mean? Yeah, the standard is high at the Champions League <laughs> as well. So Dida is someone who I quite like to watch. He was someone who I thought would have been really good to see in this day and age as a goalkeeper. I thought he was a bit ahead of his time. World Cup winner, Champions League winner as well. Um, but he yeah. got a flare thrown at his head as well. Streets he will never forget that. Streets will never forget that. He, he was down on the floor. And that's where you see that iconic picture of, who is it? Uh, Matarazzi and you see the player in the background as well Yeah, and they're just like leaning on each other's shoulders like yeah this is it this is the Milan derby I love it Um, I was even thinking some of the modern keepers as well like Alisson I thought has been pretty good recently for Liverpool in the Champions League Hugo Lloris um, not really great but he was decent at Lyon once upon a time as well Um, but no to to stop being around the bush I'm going to go for Julio Cesar I think I'll be a bit of a left field one but I did like him especially in that 2010 season when they won the Champions League I thought he was a special keeper at the time to kind of watch play um, he's one of those kind of Brazilian players that you do see in that has a really big prime but it's only for like two three years and then just drops off yeah they, yeah, they enjoy yeah. life a bit too much if you know what I mean <laughs> too much yeah I think I think that's going to change though now um, with Brazilians in football um, it's like oh, you mentioned earlier about the, the less individualism in football yeah yeah exactly that um, and just just to touch on Schmeichel's or I don't want people to just think, ah, oh, I think he's the best goalkeeper, which he, he kind of is. But when I was like, yeah, four or five years old, giving my age away, um, Man United won the Champions League and I had cousins in Manchester. I remember going and we went to like the mega store and we got like a, a chess set um, um, with Man United players as the chess pieces. Mm. I think um, Schmeichel was like the king. Ooh. And it was, it was something along those lines. This was a long time ago, obviously. And um, yeah, he was the only one that I had left after a few years because I used them as toys, like to, yeah. like, you know, the rest broke. <laughs> and I was like, this guy is cool. So I, I, I have a, a personal attachment to Shamaikal. I've never yeah. had a goalkeeper be my favorite player, but there was a significant period of time where Shamaikal was my favorite player. Him, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, and, and Andy Cole, I really, really liked. I remember those three chess pieces. <laughs> it sounds mad, but. Uh, well, we're still alive. So, um, yeah, big up to Michael for that. I'll never forget. Because I was going to pick David De Gea, but I thought if I pick David De Gea as well against Michael, I'm losing that battle nine times out of ten. Uh, <laughs> it's just yeah. crazy. Because I, I, David De Gea is one of my favourite players, especially post Reichsberg. He saved us so many times in the Champions League as well. And, but I, I think it's just one of those things. That let's, let's have a bit of variety for today because I know for a fact if someone says, who's the better keeper, Schmeichel or De Gea, it'll be like 91% Schmeichel. Yeah. Like 9% David De Gea. And I don't want to do that to my boy, David. Um, <laughs> who are we going in defence? Because I'm thinking... I- I'm going to, I'm thinking there's quite a lot you can go through that we have missed out from the Immortals thing as well. I will start with this one because I need to throw in someone before you steal him. Unless you, if you were going to steal him. Go on. I'm going for, I, you probably won't think of him to be fair, but I was thinking of Javier Zanetti. Okay, a few. <laughs> um, 
But you no. probably had someone better than him, but Javier Zanetti was my first choice as a defender. And I thought it'd be really good to be, again, a one-club man, someone who stayed there yeah. and actually won the Champions League with them as well, got to many quarterfinals, semifinals, in and out of European football with Inter Milan. But he got his well-deserved um, choice back in 2010 as well. And it was a fantastic way of seeing him move from a right-back to a centre-defensive mid as well. So yeah, I was thinking of someone like Thiago Silva, he would have done really well, again, winning with Chelsea. I had the thoughts of even Virgil van Dijk. Van yeah. Dijk would have been such an easy option to choose, Champions League winner. But um, my first choice for defender will be Javier Zanetti. I may go for a second defender later on. But who would you pick for your first you defender? All right, yeah. Um, yeah, so, I can't give all the answers away. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Don't, don't go too far, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, People like, you're just naming the whole team to you. Here. Like, <laughs> these are just thoughts from coming from my head. That's why I'm that's, speaking so quick. That's a good one, though. That is a good one. I... I you, and you saying one cup man just reminded me of someone else, but that's in a different position. Mm. And I love that guy. But anyway, for this one, yeah, I again, there's there's something about him, yeah, who I I slightly think is a little bit underrated. And obviously, these lot are, are really rated because of what they've achieved and whatnot. But um, I remember playing just FM05, uh, mm. and you know there was like the great Maldini, you know, and this person was like the heir to Maldini and, you know, Italians are known for having like great, great defenders, like historically, right? So I remember the World Cup, Cannavaro got the, you know, like Ballon d'Or and, you know, he, he was a player of the tournament and there was like a gap. There was a gap because I felt like this person really deserved it. So my, my guy, especially his name as well, is so comforting. It's, it's like a nest. Do you know what I mean? Asandro Nesta. Oh, my gosh. Big Nesta. baller. Ooh. What a man. Ooh. One, one of the few men in modern days to keep Messi quiet when they played against each other in AC Milan and uh, yeah, Barcelona re- as well. Relatively quiet. Re- relatively quiet. Relatively, yeah, Barcelona yeah. still yeah. scored in that game, but Messi <laughs> was relatively quiet in that one as well, which, yeah. is, which is good to see. But Alessandro Nesta was literally, again, rolling off the tongue for me, but I was like, I'm still leaning towards that Inter Milan vibe as well because yeah. I don't know what it is. It's just, I just like the, that Mourinho team in 2010. But Alessandro Nesta, Zim talked to me about how literally, like you said, that he makes you feel comfortable just by the way it rolls off the tongue. And how did you really enjoy watching him play as I a centre back? So, okay, like I would say Maldini in his prime was a bit before my time in terms of like access to Italian football and Maldini um, had like a 25 age. year prime so exactly we're supposed yes. to this is well. true this is true yeah um and to the extent that I didn't know that he started off as a left back I didn't know that he was seen as a player that really brought it out from the back and was ahead of his time in that sense you know all these inverted fullbacks like I, I was surprised in the Champions League final in 05 when he played left back it was left back Maldini centre-back Stam and Nesta I was yeah like, He's yeah. 39 years old. How's he going to do against Vladimir so, Spitzer? And he just ate him up. So, 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 so this is the thing. Like, because I was so used to seeing him in centre back, like it was weird when my brother and older people would tell me, "Ah, oh, he, he was left back before," and that. Um, and so, I always just saw Nesta as the number one centre back because Maldini was playing left back. Maybe, ah, oh, he wasn't good enough. Obviously, I learned that that wasn't necessarily the case. I, I feel like Nesta had the things that Maldini was known for in centre-back, like bringing it out from the back, mm. comfort. Like, you know, he, he didn't need to sprint too much. He did. He, it was not like he was super pacey, but he was always in the right position, read the game well. Like, 
you know, had the long hair. Do you know what I mean? Like these things all play a part. Because like if, if you're striking and you just see those lock, like those locks, the hair on Nesta, you're just like, nah, man, I don't even want to go past you. Like, let me just, do you know what I mean? He, he, he has, has that, that aura effect. about him. Just yeah, like, that literally that aura. Like, don't, just don't come near me. Don't, like, don't. We won't, we won't. What, what are you doing? You know, yeah. in a bad Italian accent. Like, this is it. So, yeah, no, I think his comfort on the ball is something that, other than Rio, um, in that era, I didn't really see much of. And I really admire the likes of... Uh, uh, Did you say you're going to mention another defender? Because I don't want to say who I'm going to say, just in case. I was going to mention him, but I'm not going to pick another another defender. Um, okay. So I was going to mention... Um, I mentioned Van Dijk, but I mentioned Ricardo Carvalho. Oh, that's a different type of defender okay. than Nesta, that's but it's not nothing. It's just another yeah. one I wanted to honourably mention type thing. I was going to mention Puyol. Uh, oh no, was Puyol? T- was he mentioned by the way? Puyol's by... on that list. Oh, he's, he's that, actually he's on, on the list. Reason. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so you can't choose him anyway. But yeah. yeah, no, just I think these players that have stayed at the club and give everything, um, and also just comfortable. Puyol was low key fast though, so that was it's a bit of a difference. If he did get past you, he, he had that recovery speed, deceptively quick. So that was a bit different. But positioning, yeah, I I, I really respect those those three. Definitely. Um, yeah. Another few honorable mentions I've got Vidic and Evera, they were pretty decent in their prom and their prime. John Terry, Carvalho, like I mentioned earlier as well. Eric Aberdow needs a shout out for me personally. The fact that he actually came back from cancer. Yeah, the fact he came back, yeah. Played yeah. in the Champions League final, and then he ended up um winning the Champions League as well and actually can continue playing football. Another mm. one for me I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out is um I don't know if you remember him. Uh Alex. I thought Alex was pretty good when he was at um <laughs> And it's like Chelsea. He's a decent Champions League player. And um, Christian Chivu. I'll throw Christian Chivu and Costas Manolas oh, out there. Yeah. They were fun plays. But I'm going to stick with the one defender. So we've got two of them in my team. Um, mm. Now we're on to the fun part of midfielders. Well, I find midfielders quite fun because you can go through an array of midfielders in different areas in the Champions League as well um, that we can pick. And d- despite me bringing his name up earlier, um, Xabi Alonso isn't making it into my six-a-side team because I know for a fact that it'd be really fun to have him as, as a six-a-side, but I know for a fact you're going to be bringing the heat with your midfield, so I need someone a bit more uh, techie in there as well to kind of hold it down. So my first pick for a midfielder, um, just so I can get him out of the way, is Kaka. I think Kaka has to be on there. Ballon d'Or winner, 2007, I think it was, when he, when he was doing it. Taking Man United defenders for a ride, taking Deportivo La Coruña's defenders for a ride, Bayern Munich splitting the defence. Should have won the Champions League in 2007, but definitely got to got his redemption in 2000. No, he got it in 2007, yeah, 2005. Yeah. Sorry, and he should have won it, which is good. But he's someone that you want on the six aside pitch, and I think it, we mentioned it on one of our previous podcasts when um, he was playing Sunday League and was playing six aside or something like that in London. And the guy was like, yeah. "Cut back, cut back." He scores <laughs> with his left foot. I was like, "You don't need, <laughs> you don't need to say silly. anything to Kaka." I was like, "Cut back." That goal was fake. It was video shop. It's not a real goal. How? The, the, the best thing was, the best thing was, that was like a couple of weeks before the pandemic hit as well. And everyone was like, that video is what yeah. cursed us all to no football because someone's saying cut back to Kaka in, in London as well. But uh, um, I mean, didn't someone not make him though? Yeah, someone not make him. Yeah, that, yeah. That before, no one could talk to me. All my friends delete my number. <laughs> what? I not make caca, you mad? Nah, delete my number, bro. If you're going out on a date and you're seeing a girl, so what do you do for a living? I not make one of the best players of all time. 
And it's obviously the internet doesn't lose anything. So it's Does, it doesn't lose it at all. Like, where, where, when's the wedding going to happen? When's it going to happen? <laughs> it's like you're coming to me. This is what's going to happen. This I shouldn't be saying this as a married man, but that's yeah. how it would have worked. If I not my caca, that's how I'd have secured a wife. Literally, <laughs> it would have worked like that as well. That's hilarious, bro. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my wife if you're hearing this, but yeah, that's literally how I would have done it. <laughs> I would have proposed like that. I'm not maybe one of the greatest of all time, but I think Kaka is very slept on. Like you mentioned earlier about Son Heung-min, again, a really good player, done really good things, but because of his longevity and his injuries, it didn't really, um, doesn't really stand the test of time. But I will always remember Kaka for his exceptional brilliance, his awareness on the ball, off the ball. Looked like he was gliding everywhere. Like he had a, uh, he was wearing ballerina shoes on a football pitch as well. And he Mm. did it in one of the tougher periods of Italian football, which I thought was great. Ancelotti allowed him to be free when he became the manager of AC Milan and he became the main man, replacing Rui Costa as well. And mm. Someone who I really enjoyed watching, especially at the time. I've said this on previous podcasts and other people's podcasts. When you actually get to watch football, when you don't have the luxury of watching football like on Sky Sports or every week like we do on YouTube back in mm. the day when it's just on ITV, one, one game a week on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. And it's like AC Milan versus Bayern Munich. You're like, wow, I get to experience European football. And it was Kaka who really, who I really got to enjoy watching. And I thought it was fantastic to watch him play the goals, the assists, the way he'd work on the ball as well. And honestly, one of the most fantastic players I've ever had the pleasure of watching is mm. Ricardo Kaka. So he's definitely my number one in the pick. I had to mention him just in case he stole him. I was like, I can't have Yeah, I thought so. I like could that. tell. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, though, I was actually going to pick another defender, but I, I still will. But I'm going to do it after because I didn't want to get through the midfield because you, yeah, you yeah. might still, you might nab some of mine. Go on, right. take your midfield pick. All right. My, so this is the third pick, it's the third pick, isn't it? So, yeah, I had to because this, this is my guy. Another one of those ones where you play with them on FIFA or you play, like, you might have a team. And that's the thing. Italian football was so, so big in the 90s, um, early noughties. Um, Lazio were my team back then, but also played dabbled around with um two other teams um in Syria mm. um one of which had this guy before any other Czech player was big before Petr Czech I know you, you know who I'm going to talk about now um and his name especially I had one Flip guy in, in, my, in my primary school as well the only oh well, he, he was Polish actually but oh, okay. his name was Pavel yeah and I was like why are you good at football you're harnessing the spirit. That's why you're harnessing the spirit of your namesake. Ned Ved, what? How is his name Ned Ved? How does his first syllable rhyme with his second syllable of his surname? You know, so, it's a rap. So good. They named him twice, Ned Ved. The alliteration. <laughs> what? It's crazy. Like, like, honestly, vision, dribbling, like dribbling from attacking midfield. That was the first time I really saw that done in that position. Because in, in Italy, they didn't have... I just threw something in my glass out of out of sheer pain because I was like, Medved was my <laughs> next choice. Thinking, what was that? Man? He was my next choice. I just threw something against the wall and it just landed in my glass. I'm just so yes. angry that you if picked If I went for my Nedved. defender, then I knew it. See, God works in interesting ways, basically. Yeah. Zim's a tactical genius tonight. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I, I feel in Italy, they had weird formations to us. We were all about 4 4 2 not. So they, ha- they would have, like, a focal point in attacking midfield, like a, a pivot way before. Trek Artista. Yeah, Um, Sometimes I have like a pyramid 4-3-2-1 kind of thing. Mm. And yeah, Nedved just at, just behind that striker was wonderful. He would drift, drift out to the right. Um, and 
it was the first time I really saw attacking midfielders dribbling. Normally you'd see wingers dribbling, but Neved was able to do it in tight spaces, you know, and still find a pass. And he just looked elegant whilst doing it, man. Like, for me, that's someone that I'd never forget. Um, I'm not going to go into honourable mentions because I know midfield stack, but yeah, let me say... That's why I kept quiet because like, I don't want any of them to be stolen just yet as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't even want to describe him because then it's obvious, but... Ballon you know, d'Or winner 2003 as well. Beat Thierry Henry. <laughs> he beat prime Thierry Henry uh, for Ballon d'Or that season Exactly. Well. And he, he was on the cover of that FIFA as well, I think. FIFA 03 or FIFA 04, one of them two. Um, him with like Vieira and Ryan Giggs as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and it was just a, you know, you knew those sorts of players, like when you got the game, like instantly you just want to play with them because you want to try, they would have like a special ability or you just want to try something with with them. Um, he had that flair. And, you know, players like that always say, to an extent, it's unfortunate that they didn't play for a bigger nation. Um but at the same time, you know, the likes of some, there's been some other players who have carried their nations who are smaller, quote unquote, through through to like finals and semifinals in the Euros and whatnot. Mm. He wasn't able to do that, but big up Nedford, like that's, that's, that's my guy. That's my guy. Yeah. So yeah, man. You, you ruined me once again by picking a really good player that I wanted, but it's just one yeah, of those that's things. That's what I'm here for, man. That's what you're here to do. I'm and we've got, for. we've got Sean back with us. So Sean, thanks for joining the Yo. podcast. You joined us at the, the well, middle of our six-a-side um, Champions League team. So I sent you a picture of all the players you can't pick. So yeah. just to bring us up to date, we've done goalkeeper, we've done a defender, and I've done a midfielder. Okay, Tim cool. has done one goalkeeper, one defender, and one midfielder. Yeah. So yeah. you can pick your goalkeeper, your defender, and your a midfielder that we, <laughs> have, that we haven't picked. So I've okay. picked... Uh, Julio Cesar, I picked. Um, who did I pick in defense? It was Julio Cesar, Javier Zanetti, and then it was um, who's my midfield? Kaka. Kaka, yeah. Julio Cesar, Kaka, and um, Zanetti. Zim stole. I'm glad he didn't steal my goal, but basically, Zim <laughs> stole. Um, I didn't steal no one. Who I chose was Nedved. Pavel, the one and only. Nedved, he stole from my mind subconsciously. Uh, yeah. Defender, you had you had Nesta. Nesta was a sick choice. Yeah, Alessandro. I, I was thinking of Nesta. Oh, and then the go Nesta as well. No, you weren't. Don't try it, sure. Don't uh, do we, that. Bro, let me even show you my phone. <laughs> oh, you actually friend. planned it. Oh, when I was on my <laughs> way here. Oh, yeah. He's you had, you had the time to plan it as well. And he picked Peter Schmeichel as his keeper as well. So I'll just pop that in the chat for us. Um, cool. But, um, nobody's picked my keeper, which is good. Go for it. Who have you got? Armini. <laughs> it's going to be Lehman, bro. It's going to be Chesney. <laughs> no, you man are mad. You man are mocking it. <laughs> you man are mocking it. But to interrupt... Lehman would, really would have been a good keeper, to be fair. Lehman would have been a good shot. I didn't even think about him. Hmm. But I was actually going to pick Dida. Oh. Yeah, yeah, Do you know who he didn't pick? All of us. Who? Oliver Kahn. Oh. I don't know why I even keep at that. Oliver Khan. Yeah. Yeah. Good big shout one. though, Dida. Dida's a good shout. Yeah, yeah. I was go- I'm going for Dida. Mm. Um, in my defense, I'm going for. I had two choices. I'm going for John Terry. Good choice. Um, good choice. We gave him an one. honorable mention, but out of favoritism, I chose not. To him, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I can't even lie to you. The, the stuff that man's done, yeah, I have to respect it still. I respect as much as I, more. As much as I hit Chelsea, John Terry deserves a shout. Mm. Um, then in my midfield, 
I'm going for none other than Michael Essien. Okay. Right, Chelsea. Yeah. I do, I do like, I do like that one. That would work wonders on a six-a-side pitch as well, as we know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which is D- good, Dida also, I think, um, he he had a had a slit in his haircut, innit? it? He he had like a little slit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, he he's got some iconic photos, like mm. some iconic yeah. stills. So no, nah, I read that. You can't. World Cup winning keeper wasn't he in two thousand two? Yeah, this is it. Good shout there, Sean. Good introduction to the pod today. Um, today I'm serious. <laughs> Serious. Serious. Uh, right. So we've all got our three plays each. We've got three more to pick. I'm going to go for another midfielder. And I'm thinking, do I want to go for Swaz again? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not going to mention all the names that I've got yeah, on the top of my head because I, I'm going to ruin, I don't want to ruin the podcast for our guests. But I've got two in mind, but I'm going to, dis- I'm going to discuss it with you two because I'm going to have another midfielder for you. One of them is one of the best free kick takers you'll ever see in your life. Oh, yeah, another yeah. Brazilian player who, Again, may not have won all the trophies in European football, but he's so it was a serious presence in European football. His mm. name is Janinho. So he's mm-hmm. again been there, done that for Leon and done fantastic. The other one is it's more of a fan favorite, I would say. Someone who I've really enjoyed watching and I hated seeing him for an opposition team, but I really got to enjoy watching Frank Lampard play as well. I really did like watching Frank Lampard Watch as well. As, a, as an attacking midfielder, again, gets slept on a lot in terms of the fact yeah. that now as a manager and everyone remembers him as a manager. But Zim, so Sean, let, let's, di- no. let's, di- let's discuss. Who would you, who would you, who would you go for if, if you were in my position? Janinho with the most amazing free kicks and again, ahead of his time with the way he took free kicks because David Luiz takes it like that now. Um, a lot of players just take it like that. The knuckleball effect, which is great. Or Frank Lampard, who would just bag you a goal from anywhere around the 18-yard box as well. I know my team really has two Chelsea players, but I can't like Frank Lamps. Frankie Lamps. Frankie Lamps. Um, um, only reason why I choose Frankie Lamps is, and this is honest opinion, honest opinion, but I, mm. I saw him play. I didn't really see Janino play apart from his free kicks. Okay. Um, and when it comes to just being an all-around baller, yeah, Franks could do everything. He could yeah. take a free kick. He could take a pen, a pressure pen. He's there. He could, he yeah. could get you a thirty-yard screamer out of nowhere. He could do it all, like. I, rem- I remember when his mum passed away in 2008 and he came back for that second leg against Liverpool and they needed him to play and he took that penalty. Like you just mentioned, a pressure pen. Mm. If he missed that penalty, he could have crushed him, but he scored. And in a way, the nation was supporting him in that moment to actually score and he actually did really well. And even Steven Gerrard said afterwards, for the love of God, I hope, I'm glad he didn't miss that penalty as well um, going forward as well. But again, he scored in the Champions League final in 2008, lost uh, to Man United, fortunately, in 2008 as well. Juninho is someone who, again, at a smaller kind of team, would have worked really well. But to, to throw you both off, I'm not picking either of them. I'm picking Frank Ribéry. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rules. There's no There's rules. No rules bro. You, we came out to play today, ladies and gentlemen. We came out to play. Frank Ribéry has to be Frank Ribery has to be in my team, but I did have to mention Lampard and Juninho with, with good honourable mentions. <laughs> Ribéry's got to be in my team. We can I, play that game, bro. <laughs> Go, go on, Zim. Right. Yeah, um, but you could have been... He, Lampard could have been that second Chelsea player that you could have picked, uh, Sean. So it could have been... Third, third. I'm third. not picking Chelsea. So, so you're basically saying that we can't... <laughs> well, all right, just to give my opinion on those two. Um, no, you can pick him if you want, because I haven't chosen him, so it's perfectly fine. I just wanted to discuss him as honourable mention. No, I wasn't going to anyway. Um, okay. Lampard, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't even know where to begin, because I, I rate his goal record in that. But I remember at that time, especially, yeah, between 2007, 2010 and whatnot, 
I just saw him get a lot of deflections. And I was like, you can't be lucky and consistently do something, right? Because that's, you know, luck's like one-off kind of thing. So to be fair, I wouldn't say he's a lucky player, but I remember him just free kicks, deflect off the wall, go in. And then in the Champions League final, right? Penalty against Man United. Like, it deflected off the keeper. I'm like, <laughs> how's a penalty getting a deflection, bro? So I was like, I, I never really, really rated Lampard back then, man. I, it's in hindsight that I'm like, okay, his record is serious. Especially, even when he went to Man City, right, and scored against Chelsea, he's just like the inevitable guy. Like, mm. you're like, oh, who's, who's, who's on the goal, funny goal is, sheet? It's that him. goal was also a deflection. I remember that goal. Very <laughs> well. <It was> a <laughs> deflection. This is what I mean. And, and it's like, it, it kind of sounds like a hater. It sounds like, oh, like, oh, the, but that's what I saw. And I, I, I'm a very visual person when it comes to football. Um, anyway, with Janino, right? I know this is a Champions League segment, but the fact that Leon won seven um, Leons in a, in a row, that's, that was, that's unprecedented. PSG mm. haven't even done that. Do you know what I mean? And, I, and him being a core part of that team, along with like a load of other um Frank you had Chris there as well. Um, yeah, centre back. You had Lisandro Lopez as well. Had like, they had some really, really good players. Mick Holly, I think, was there. Florent Benzema, Benzema Benzema, Benzema, young Benzema, of course. Yeah, <laughs> young B, young, young. He wasn't big Ben then. Young, mm. young Ben. Yeah, he was little Ben. Young Ben. Zayn, Petit Benz. So, <laughs> um, yeah, no, nah, I, I would go for Janino for that reason at that time. Anyway, but my choice is my. One of my favorite players ever. Um, he is the prodigal son for a certain city, born there, raised there. You know, he's an emperor. Honestly, you know, I told you I played with three teams um, on FIFA '98, and that like it was Lazio, and then two others. Rome, obviously, they're rivals with Lazio. Yeah. When we were other one, my favorite player from from the oh, jump, Francesco. Francesco Totti. I was hoping you were gonna pick. Me. I was hoping you were gonna pick Daniele De Rossi. I thought you were gonna back nah, him. No, don't do no, 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 no. This <laughs> for is... his penalty against Barcelona in 2017 as well. Mate, that would have been good. Totti was lobbing people from beyond the D. He was mm. lob- lobbing goalkeepers from like he, people. Defenders thought he was gonna have a smasher. You know, what I'm saying like a hard shot. He and he was a trequartista as well, like we mentioned previously. He was exactly. a drawn forward. He so him and Nedved playing together, that would be nuts, man. Um, and he, I think he was slept on as well because he played for Roma his whole career. Mm. Um, you know, they weren't... But he, he won a Serie A, which is good. Um, but I think just visually, like, because he, he wasn't, like, super fast. He wasn't super strong. Just his technique. His technique got him everywhere, man. And his vision... Yeah. You know, and going to the um Rome Stadium, Stadio Olimpico, and seeing him at in his heyday towards the end, like, and the announcer saying Francesco and the whole crowd going Totti, it gave me goosebumps, man. Gave me chills. What and, game um, was that for? And what year was it? Was, that? It was it was two thousand and sixteen mm. or fifty? Yeah, it was just before just before I, retirement. Yeah, just before retirement. It was and it was at the start of the season, very first game of the season. Um, I went to Rome, first solo holiday, and then some ladies sold me a ticket. I was like, Yeah, why not? Um, went there, he scored um the, the winning penalty. Um yes. I believe I don't remember who it was against, <clears> but I, unfortunately I lost the phone that I took the video on. Um oh, so it's not a, yeah, but the memories oh. in my head at least. So 
Yeah. Mm. Those memories don't die. I had so, a discussion yeah. about that recently. Did it actually happen if you take a picture in this modern age? I'm like, yeah, it did happen. <laughs> like recently, <laughs> I, I, I posted a picture of like Brooklyn Beckham for the last month or so. I was like, oh, yeah, sure, you met Brooklyn Beckham. Like, I know I met Brooklyn Beckham and yeah. I, I met him, which is, which is good fun. And it's one <laughs> of those things with Francesco Sossi as well. People always forget the times when um, Man United played Roma and we beat them quite comfortably. But mm. if you remember in 2008, on our way to winning the Champions League, we played Roma in the quarterfinals. But in the round of 16, Roma actually won against Real Madrid. They won against them on an aggregate yeah. on Bernabeu as well. Yeah. And that was like a, a team with Francesco Tosti. And I think Cassano may have been the striker or Mancini was the winger on there as well, which is great. And it's fantastic to kind of see how Francesco Totti was in his element because there was a time when Real Madrid wanted to buy Francesco yeah. Totti to be part yeah. of the Galacticos as well. And it didn't happen. And just like you said earlier, Zim, in terms of winning that one league title for Roma, that must have been the pinnacle of his career, the most amazing feeling for someone yeah. who stayed loyal to his team. And it probably meant a lot more. Kind of like with like, uh, using a basketball analogy here, but like Giannis that, um, uh, yeah, in yeah. the NBA as well. Crazy to and see. And Tentacompo, yeah. But, and, but the, the fact that, you know, Totti is, is Roman, he's born and raised there and he mm. supported them, you know. Um, cool it's just, it's so, so unique, man. You know, the, the emperor of Rome. Like, what a title, but it's so fitting for him, you know. Like, literally... Mm. Ah, go to anywhere in Rome, say fra. Yeah, everyone's going to Francesco Totti. They'll, they'll just be looking at you like, Totti? Like, unless his name rings bells, bro. Yeah, unless... They'll bring out they, they respect him. They respect him. Like, yeah. it's that. It's to that extent that their biggest rivals be like, okay, Totti, okay, okay. Like, that sort of vibe. It's like, it's like how Austin fans respect So Campbell again, again. No, don't bring that up. Don't don't bring Arsenal in. Don't no, say so Campbell. Don't, don't do this. Uh, we talk about Totti so and just bringing them so Campbell. No, no, no. I mean, it's not you talking about. We're talking about like respecting your ops. We respect so Campbell a lot, even though yeah, they're bigger. Uh, the same sentence as Totti. Yeah, but, but, but no one's ever compared so Campbell to Francesco. No, no one ever did that. <laughs> <laughs> no, one, no, even I'm doing that. Does everything you, that no one's done before? You definitely, you definitely did that. It's crazy. <laughs> Everyone heard you say it like that. It's crazy. Um, unbelievable, Sean. Unbelievable. How can you make this about Arsenal here? How are you making about Sol Campbell of all players as well? Yeah. You said Burkamp or Henry. We, we may have gone along with it. Do you know Sol what I mean? No. Sol Campbell. Respected by Arsenal. Respected by Spurs. Ah, oh, damn. It's definitely not respected by Spurs. So, so choose your... your Sean, who's, in your, who's your fourth player? Who have you got? So, originally, yeah, I was going to say Deco. But I'm not going to say Deco. That was a good shout, though. Because, do you know what? There's only two players in my life here that I could say to, to you guys, yeah. And honestly, admit this. This is the first time I'm going to admit this. Only two players I ever loved in football, yeah, before I even liked Arsenal, yeah. And that was Uncle Thierry, forever and always, and another man called David Beckham. Screaming oh, yeah. free kicks. Yeah. Loved him. He was the one reason I was so close to supporting Man United, but Omri just did it for me. So mine's going to be David Beckham. And everybody's uh, screaming Beckham when he's on a free kick. History could have gone so much different for you. History could have gone... I could be crying right now, but I'm not. He was one of my honourable <laughs> mentions as well, David Beckham. And it's just... It was, it was uh, me. I was saying to Zim earlier, when I went to foot golf this week, I was just screaming. I was doing the Beckham pose and everything in terms of shoot. It just lives with you for the rest of your life. For the rest yeah. of your life. And it's so iconic the Icon. way you strike a ball, even not when it's on a dead ball situation, but when he would just strike it, um, yeah. when it's rolling, when it's dead on the floor as a penalty. 
amazing player. Tech, tech. Tell him, all three of us said icon at the same time without even realizing it. Like that's how iconic the pose was when he goes yeah. to strike a ball. We, we, we need to talk, we need to talk about the '99 finals, well. And I thought personally, personally, again at the time as a kid, I couldn't care less. But in hindsight, why did he not win a Ballon d'Or in '99 or in 2000? He was mm. he was he was the main man for Man United because we had a rotation of strikers. We had Peter Schmeichel, who was great. Roy Keane was in and out of the team with injury and then suspension. Paul Scholes was suspended later as well. And David Beckham was there forever. He was there for every yeah. single game, playing 90 oh. minutes. Incredible talent. And I personally thought he was within a shout. I know he's in like the top five of 99 Ballon d'Or, but he came second. Came, that was it. Came second. Rivaldo came first. But what, we fuck, beat what did Rivaldo Barcelona. do? Excuse we me, like, Barcelona, like, and who yeah. was it? It was Beckham's, we, like, Beckham's free kick in our yeah. away kit at home, which made no sense. Sorry for swearing, but David Beckham, man, he deserved that time in the, Bro, in the sun. Uncomfortable conversations. People don't want to talk about it because he's a celebrity, but yeah. that 99, he definitely deserved it because if it was today's age when people are like, oh, whoever wins the Champions League is the most impactful, they're mm. going to win the Ballon d'Or. But back then, why is it different? Yeah, it's weird. No. weird. It's mad, but a lot of people don't actually understand what Beckham was like as a baller. Like, yeah. take away the celebrity status, this, you know how people get on Pogba for cutting his hair. Yeah. You could never get on Beckham for his hairstyles. Apart from Beckham. those cornrows, they were awful. When you met Mandela with those cornrows, those were awful. <laughs> yeah, those were awful. Man. Yeah, you, that, that, was was, that, that was not culturally <laughs> appropriate. That was not culturally appropriate to meet Mandela was, like that. It, even it, I know that, and I'm not even black. I, I know that. In those but, days, yeah, it was acceptable. Today, <laughs> <For who? laughs> Mandela was shook when he saw it. That's all I'm saying. Rest in peace, Mandela. Was, he was shook when he saw it. Yeah, Mandela was shook. There was Maybe in, in Millwall, it might have been appropriate, <laughs> but. In, in Bermondsey, there are places there. Nah, shout out Bex, man. Bex was a legend. Bex was a baller. He was a baller for real. Like, as much as people may think he's just a celebrity who just took sick free kicks, yeah. If you watch Beckham play, you know that man was classy. Something yeah. else. We, we he, were talking earlier. Well, movie named after him. Who has that? Do you know what I mean? Ben, like Beckham, he was in yeah. the Gold 2 film as well. But we were talking earlier off camera, um, Sean Zim and I, about how football pundits compare like Luka Modric to having every club in, in the bag type thing in terms of you can yeah. hit any type of pass. David Beckham was one of them. He could yeah, do any type of pass. You could use different time. Brilliant shout. That was a fantastic conversation. But David Beckham, man, he, he, he needs yeah, his flowers. Sure. I know everyone's just there like, oh, yeah, he's a superstar. But he was the player who deserved the superstardom because of the yeah. way he played every single week in every single game. And even when they had the... Um, the Legends game a couple of years ago in Spain, yeah. Munich. He celebrated with more passion. You were there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He celebrated with more passion than any of our players did the whole season. I'm like, that's <laughs> friendly. He's raising money for charity. You could tell he loved the club and he loved playing football. And I appreciate that, David Beckham. And it, of kids of our generation as well, we, we love it a lot more as well. If you don't know how good David Beckham was as a footballer, I feel you missed out in football. Crazy, crazy mm. talent David Beckham is. Right, we've all done our, our, our fourth pick. Um, Zim, I'll start with you, actually. If you're going to go for another defender, defender or you're going to go for two attackers, because we've got two, yeah, two picks left. We've got all the oh, time in the world. But... Why, oh, why is it that time already? Because the thing is, yeah, um, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to say an honourable mention and say <laughs> this person reminded me of someone, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that person made it into Rio's team because as a midfielder, I feel like the person who made it into Rio's team, um, well, yeah, 
It's Clarence Sadoff. Clarence right? Sadoff, yeah. Yeah. I think it's very slept on. I think 100%. so technically sound, phys- physically immense, um, rarely less lost the ball, had some stunners, quick flicks, everything like that. The player who I want to say had that as well. Um, the reason why I'm like not saying it straight away is because I'm trying to decide whether to go for him or the defender. The thing is, okay, now I'm going to go for him. Yeah. The defender you kind of mentioned already, but as an honourable mention, and that was Patrice Evra. I was going to go okay. for Evra. I was like, oh, they didn't put a left back. Um, mm. uh, they, they only put, like, I think, who was it? Roberto Carlos. It was Carlos, uh, Le- Philip Lam, Lam and Marcelo. Marcelo, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh, easy choice. Just pick Evra. Not even Jordi like, Alba or anyone like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because, yeah, there's not many spaces left, I'm going to put um, Mr. Goggles himself, Mr. Um, 2003 FIFA cover, Mr. Dreadlock, Mr. Suriname, Mr. 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 Davids, man. I Mr. think. Fight you at a charity game. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like that, because he's from the streets of Amsterdam. You know what he did when he, was, when he was coaching? What did he do? At Barnet. When, when he made himself number one. Captain and manager. Stop it. <laughs> streets won't forget that. This is streets won't forget. You can't mm. forget him, bro. Like on the pitch, you know, sometimes commentators see two players that look the same and you're like, oh, oh mistake, my mistake. Oh, is that Sancho? Oh, sorry, I thought it was Rashford. Oh, sorry. Those David, casual racists. Just casual, casual. David, you cannot forget. You cannot forget, man. You know what I'm saying? No. So, um, yeah, and he was very flary. Um, you can tell he came straight from the cages and he got his opportunity to make it in a big time. Um, yeah, man, like, big up all of the IX Academy in the 90s who really made it. But, yeah, what do you say? Was he in that, you know, that famous Nike advert when they were on that cargo yeah. ship and they were having the free view feet? He was yeah. in that, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Bad, yeah. Man, bad man episode. Bad man episode. Like, Nike don't do it like they used to before in no, some of their no, adverts. No one There's does it. No I would, I would buy to... their boots because they were actually really good adverts. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> they're just really good. Like, you haven't grown in six months. I just want more. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I even bought my money for those boots. But Edgar Davids, man, holding midfielder, centre midfielder, yeah. you can play wherever in the middle, which was great. And I really appreciated him um, at Juventus. I didn't get to see him, obviously, at Ajax, but I thought he was nah, fantastic. I watched him at Juve as well. Mm. Mm. Didn't see him at Barnet. I can't claim that I, I was in Enfield <laughs> watching him at Barnet at the time, but definitely um, definitely appreciated him at Juventus as well. And a fantastic player who actually improved players around him as well because of his positioning, because of his tactical awareness as well. Maybe <coughs> not so much tactical awareness of the manager, but still tactical awareness on the pitch at the same time. Great shout. And that makes, what, is that... Two midfielders you got? Three midfielders you got? Sim? Three. Yeah, three midfielders. Yeah, you got... Well, Totti's like a Trek Quartista, so you can play the attack as well. You've got Totti, Davids, and Nedved, which is sick. Sean, you got two more. I'll let you go before me. Who would you want to add to your six aside as you picked four already? Oh, I'm going with strikers now. Ah. And my first striker is the African with the most Champions Leagues. Okay, okay. Mr. Revenge. Yeah. He was all about that revenge. Had to dunk on Pep. As much as I love Pep, he had to dunk on Pep. <laughs> but I'm talking about Samuel Eto'o. He, yeah. he, he was my first choice. Oh, I he? thought everyone's going to pick the strange, same striker, you know. I didn't realise you got... Now, now I've, got, I've got others I can think of, which is good. But talk to us about Samuel Eto'o, because even me, um, before this podcast, I was watching that game, that Inter Milan versus Barcelona game. And uh, it was at home, they won 3-1, I think. And I was like, 
Eto'o in an Inter Milan still shirt still feels odd to me because I remember him yeah. mostly for Barcelona, linking up with Ronaldinho, as it were, with Henri at the same time. But what was it about Samuel Eto'o that made him so iconic, Sean, for you? The, he said it himself. Is Messi did, he didn't play with Messi. Messi played with him. <laughs> yeah, he is that guy. <laughs> he knows where he stands in history. Like, he... For him to have won three Champions League, first of all, that is a big, big mention with two different clubs. Big, big, big achievement. It shows that he was very, um, he was instrumental in those wins. And then even when he came to the Prem, although he came when he was quite older with Chelsea, I can't lie to you, I had a fear of him Like when I saw him playing. Mm. It was like, raw Eto, he, he's a bagsman and he did score some goals while he was at Chelsea. Yeah. And that, that's what he was good at. He was a striker and he was an out-and-out striker. He did a dilly-dally. He was a target man. I think he even won the African Cup of Nations of Senegal, with Senegal. Cameroon, Cameroon, sorry. Cameroon. Cameroon, Cameroon, Cameroon. I think he did win the African Cup of Nations. So he, yeah, he did, won yeah. every, everything that he ever needed to win. And He's a top scorer, Af- Afcon. Yeah, he's a madman. He's he's a real goal scorer, real layman. Didn't he win like two trebles? He won the treble with Inter Milan, didn't he? And then uh, yeah. with, he with Barcelona, Barcelona, I think. I think he won with Barcelona as well. He's won two trebles. Mad. Crazy. Absolutely Bro, crazy. He's sick. Sick yeah. striker. Love him. No, honestly, one of the best strikers we've ever seen. And one of, again, we've used this term a lot because we are doing the streets we'll never forget. Samuel Eto is slept on. The way he wasn't even picked for this BT Immortals thing. Mm. And you're seeing people like, uh, who's it? Lewandowski there ahead of him. I love Lewandowski, but Eto, he's made his, made, his, his made his claim in history. Yeah. In that first original Pep Guardiola side as well as a right winger and playing with Henri and Messi up front as well, which is incredible. How nuts that team was of Eto, Henri, Messi, Ronaldinho, Xavi. That team Yaya was Torre. nuts. Yeah, Arturi. That team Ida was Good stupid. Stupid team, trust me. Young Bojan, who we mentioned before on that third Wonder Kids pod we did a couple months ago yeah. as well, yeah. which was great. Uh, but, that team was nuts. And Eto still stood out in that team. Yeah, yeah. really did. Fantastic player and... I still remember those early 2004, 2005 games of Eto Ronaldinho coming through and they were on the cusp of doing something great. And then in 2006, um, they won the Champions League. And my pick is from that Barcelona 2006 team. He came off the bench and he's the top scorer for Celtic. He's one of the most iconic Swedish strikers of all time. Like Thierry Henry has said his... No, Ronaldinho has said he's one, he's one of his favourite teammates ever. Thierry said he's one of the most intelligent players he's ever played with. Frank Rankai brought him off the bench against 10-man Arsenal and he assisted both goals in the 2006 uh, final. And he had one of the best ever three-month loan spells at Manchester United. Him. Hated and loved him. Mr. Henrik Larsson. <laughs> Mr. Henrik Larsson is the guy. One of my favourite players ever. <laughs> he is. Honestly, one of the ones that got away for Manchester United because I remember him coming and playing the, with like a young Wayne Rooney, a young Ronaldo, and the next season after they just spurted into life as some of the most amazing players you'd ever seen on this world. And Henrik Larsson is one of the most intelligent strikers I've ever seen. Him and um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 2004 Euros were fantastic to watch together. Him at Celtic with John Hartson and Chris Sutton. The Europa League, uh, UEFA Cup final, sorry, against Porto when they lost in the semis was was gruesome, but I thought he really deserved the European trophy at the time. And that was like my first UEFA Cup that I watched properly. Um, remember Jose Mourinho winning against um, Celtic and, and there. And then he moved to Barcelona a couple of seasons afterwards. And his first game in the Champions League in the group stages was away at Celtic. And I think he scored against them or assisted against them. And it was great because you're seeing someone who's 
you see it a lot when a player goes from like a small country in the Champions League type thing and he doesn't really settle properly at the club, but he settled in, he fit like a glove. Fantastic to watch him play. And honestly, I, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The fact that Henrik Larsson, I think, was that missing piece of the puzzle for that Barcelona attack because they were literally knocking at the door against Arsenal in the Champions League against a Manuel Armunia goalkeeper because Jens Lehmann was sent off and they couldn't get through. They couldn't get through the defence. Sendros was your centre-back. Edouard was your right-back, Sean. And they couldn't get through. And then the second mm. half, Henrik Larsson comes on. I think Giuliano Belletti scores the winner on it. Ronaldinho gets his well-deserved Champions League, which he deserved. Esso got it. Uh, young, uh, young Xavi got it. Young Iniesta got it. Deco won it. Young Messi got it as well. And I think that was all due to Henrik Larsson coming off the bench. He was the game-changer in that. And he, was a, he did change the game. He was fantastic. And it was one of those people that... Because he wasn't a flashy striker, he wasn't a main man at a big club, he's a main man at a small club, people overlook him. But for me personally, I'll never forget Henrik Larsson. I think he's one of the most amazing strikers that if any young player out here is listening to this podcast and you want to learn how to be a top striker, look at Henrik Larsson's movements, look at the way he observes the game as a striker. Absolute fantastic player to watch. And one of the most joyous players I've ever had the pleasure of watching is Mr. Henrik Larsson. Um, well said, man. Yeah. Well said. Well, yeah, you, you know, I was talking about favorite. That came, players from, that came from the heart. That came from the heart. I felt that. I felt that. Mm. You know, you know, I was talking about favorite players like from young, and you might not even ha- you have might have inconspicuous reasons as to why they're your favorite, like yeah. Shamichael being one of the chess pieces on the chess set yeah. um, from the Man United Mega Store. Um, Solskjaer was also another one of my favorite. Um, but Larson, not even it was the dreadlocks like. Like mm. when he was running with obviously the green and white for Celtic every week I'd see him on whether it was like Scottish Premier League high, highlights I don't know BBC News guy, or something like that yeah, yeah banging in a goal all types of goals like you know what I mean it was just so effortless to him um, and mm. even on his highlight reel it's the same and he had a nasty leg break as well I remember that, that people forget that he was up for yeah. like a year with that leg break that, and that ends oh. careers when you have like a year out they'll never be the same player ever again but yeah. came back stronger and Fitter than ever, which is great. Yeah. Intelligence this is why well. I call him one of the best players that I hate, bro, because he ruined our Champions League. <laughs> we were 15 minutes away mm. and he ruined it. He ruined and it. with he him really afterwards in, in the celebrations, he was like just shrugging his shoulders and like just, sh- just he wasn't even madly <laughs> celebrating like the rest of the Barcelona. <laughs> so it is what it is. Great Larson. I love that guy, man. Right. So we're all on our final pick now. This has been fantastic because. We literally can pick wherever we want in the, in the team. We can pick defence, midfield, attack. Um, Sean, I'll go back to you, actually. Who are you going to pick for your sixth and final pick for your Streets Will Never Forget UEFA Champions League edition team? My final pick for my team, I actually think I might go midfield. Mm. And the reason why I think I'm going to go midfield is because I think this guy actually deserves that. I said I was going to pick him earlier and I went and chose Bex instead. But I think he deserves to be in this team as well. And I think about how many goals Eto would get me. Mm-hmm. I have to bring back Deco. Good man. Yeah. Deco has to come back into that team because he deserves it. I think another underrated baller. And there were so many that I could mention. One person I was going to mention, I'm going to honourable mention because he's so underrated, is Pedro. Pedro was a baller. Not many people know that. Pedro Young Pedro was a, was a baller. Pedro, well, not Chelsea 4-3-4-3 four, three, four, three, Pedro. Pedro was che- a baller. In the Pedro was a baller. Baller. But I'm giving this one to Deco because Deco was something else. Do you know how for ages in my life I thought like I was a striker? Just to find out I didn't take mid. Because mm. that's how many he used to bag. 
his teeth was a bagsman from the midfield for a time. I thought this guy was a striker. And that was another name that we used to scream in the playground as well. Daco. Yeah, from far. Yeah. He was the catalyst. He was the catalyst on the pitch um, for Porto in that 2004 Champions League campaign, and mm-hmm. like I mentioned in 2003, the UEFA Cup campaign as well. And moving to Chelsea, he didn't win that Champions League whilst he was there with them as well. And it was one of those things where you thought he could kind of do that at Barcelona. I think he did when he moved to Barcelona in 2006. He was in that team as well because Xavi learned from yeah. him, and Iniesta learned from him as well. I mean, who else was in that team? Albertini was there, Oliguero was there, but Deco was someone who I thought was just. He was a joy to watch, though. You, you could watch him, and you're just kind of there. Like Even if you didn't understand football, watching someone like Deco, even with the way he would strike a ball, didn't really get to get the lift that I thought he could. But being a small man, he, he didn't need it with the, with the short range of power that he had. Him, him and Ronaldinho together were stupid crazy. Mm. Stupid crazy. That, I think, was the original. That's when 3-4-3. No, 3-4-3, 4-3-3 became mm. a formation because you needed those two to be attacking. If, if like... PlayStation could like remake 2005 FIFA on PS5 mm. and PS4. Yeah. Everyone would be playing that because of that formation, that team, the yeah. way they played. Incredible, like Dec- incredible looking. Deco was an FM favorite as well for Manager 05, like the yeah. classic one. Deco was definitely one that people were like, you know, cheating to just to sign him. Yeah. Um, so that's a good shout. Sure. Nicely done. Nice to add Deco to that list. I told you I'm not playing today, guys. I'm not playing. You played when you mentioned Sol Campbell in the same breath as uh, Totti. <laughs> so need, 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 that's going to be clipped by someone. <laughs> it's going to be clipped. I, I, saved, I saved you with that Creswell one the other day, Sean, when you mentioned Creswell should replace uh, Luke Shaw when he's sure. like 33 years old. I was like, I'm not going to bait you out like that, but Sol Campbell. You know what? Yeah, I didn't even know how old Aaron Creswell He got was. sent off that week as well. He got sent off that week. In the Europe League, I was so like, nah, bad. I'm not doing that to you. But he, he needed to. is like, so old. Was it the same day? It was the next day. It was the next day. Yeah. Or something. yeah. Crazy. No, I never, I never knew he was that old. But no, I take that back. Aaron Creswell needs to retire. <laughs> He's done for. He's going to get bullied by Haaland next season with Julian Alvarez on the wing for Man City. Go on, Zim. I'll be, I'll be polite. I'll let you have the last final pick. If you are going to go for that second defender, go for it. If you do want to pick another bagsman up front. Go for it as well because I've left quite a lot out from my honourable mentions because I want to go for it. But it's your turn, Ziff. Go for it. Appreciate that. Um, are you going to pick a striker? Because I want to give an honourable mention as well. It's a winger, so you can be a striker okay, on the uh, shoulder. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'll go straight to it. I'm going to pick R9. Um, Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo <laughs> was. Um, Yes, not on the list. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. He's not on the list. That's fine. That list is not. Cristiano Ronaldo is on the list. Cristiano Ronaldo is on the list. Not on the list. Yeah. I, I was like, yeah, that's easy. No, no, just do that. It's probably because he's never won the Champions League. He's never won it. Never yeah. won it. Does yeah. it now? For BT Sport, it does. For BT Sport. That's how they rank you. Bale was on the list as well. These are the people that the reason why stats are so important. Yeah. Because Ronaldo is on every list. Greatest on every everything, yeah. As soon as you mention greatest football, Ronaldo. Even in the chat now, just type I just typed R9 because we all know who it's gonna be. And we all we all in the playground tried that double triple step over and go around the keeper as well. That that just became a common thing to learn, especially after the 2002 World Cup as well. But yeah, then talk to us about R9. What does he mean to you as a as a baller? Um he he's the pinnacle of what it means to to have the spirit of striking in you just born with that gift that gift of unpredictability the gift of joy the gift of speed pace 
acceleration, but still having the ball under control. Having that raw strength as well. Defenders trying to hold you off, but they can't get near the ball. That flare, that will scare the air. Just wanted to make another rhyme. Because it will tear. Do you get what I'm saying? He, literally, that's a good one. Should be my ghostwriter. I told Honestly, you, I'm, I'm your, what's it, uh, creative consultant, unofficial the, creative consultant. Definitely, I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. <laughs> Bro, honestly, like, I've, I've got these, this list of, like, favourite players and stuff growing up, you know, even the non-obvious ones, the likes of Solskjaer, the likes of Larson, Shemichael and whatnot. He was the bait one. R9 was one where, you know, you know, I was sure I was talking to you about individualism and how, you know, if Pep went to Brazil, you know, they'll play good football. It'll be a strong system, but the individuals will lose that character. You know, that gets you attracted to football, makes you in love with it. R9, it doesn't matter if there's a system, he will destroy it. It doesn't matter, like, what sort of defenders you put on him, he will annihilate them. Like, it's 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 ridiculous, right? His show rule says it as well like a lot of the you time for cup goal as well against you know what i'm uh, saying for inter yeah. yeah you know what i mean like people would see this yeah sometimes showroom doesn't do justice to the actual player oh no yes. no it, it makes the player actually look better than they are mm. he was exactly like that like every game he'll put he'll strike fear and thunder into the defenders and so yeah man now he and obviously you know supporting man united and him coming to ot banging in a hat trick you know like we, you know, we won four three, but Lost overall, yeah, overall, like him putting in that masterclass, especially after the um, the World Cup and people saying he was past it because he had, you know, unfortunate leg in, uh, knee injuries, mm. which everyone says it. What if? What if he didn't have those? He'd be even on another level. How is that possible? The level he was, and people are like, if he didn't have that knees, knees injuries, he'd be on another level. Like. He was doing up stat stuff before stat merchants were about, bro. Like, and stat merchants were around like 2006. So he actually beat the stat merchants before. He beat well. them. Mm. He was doing a goal a game for Barcelona when he was like 19 and that. Like for PSV, I haven't heard. Don't even get me started. In all, Italy, the, all those completed dribbles that people didn't take um, take take account to, he would be the exactly. one to do it. Exactly. That's where he used to smoke as well. What was that? I swear he used to smoke as well. Probably did. I, I don't know. Health, I don't, I don't know about health that. out the window. That them and those days of football. Those guys used to smoke and drink and come and kick ball up at, at ten o'clock in the morning. Ten o'clock. Those those guys were. I, I haven't seen Brazilian sport like cigarette. I can't imagine a Brazilian smoking a cigarette though. But you seen I, Brazilian smoking? I see not I mean, like cigarette. Right. Yeah, right. like I can see them drinking, but. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I don't know. The point is, yeah, he was doing all of this stuff before stats were a thing that people tried to chase. He he was just treating it like it was a playground. Like, oh, should I score now? All right, cool. Let me just go past everyone. He could do it at will. And he did it in diff- three different, four different leagues, bro. Like, the fact that he did it in Syria at its peak for Inter Milan, like, they weren't on the top, but he, he made them super competitive at that time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Almost the, a goal in every thing, game. the best thing about online yeah, that I can say to anybody watching this, there's no Henri without online. There's no Messi. There's no Cristiano. There's hella players that you're looking at today that don't exist without online. Online was legendary. Like he was hands <laughs> on heads. He 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 was the one. He was absolutely yeah. the one. You yeah. got people in Britain trying to get that cut off hair in the yeah. 2002 World yeah. Cup because of the way he played. Going past Oliver Kahn as well, 
how can people try and do that as well? And they did. And no, you mentioned sports is L. It's L B T sports as well. Yeah, and you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, earlier in Sim that you that a lot of individualism is being moved out of football because of the way systems are and stuff like that as well. And Sean, you just mentioned as well that a lot of people were, um, how can I say it? They were. Was, they were um, not just infected with the Ronaldo uh, fever that he did, but they were inspired by it as well. And one player that I'm going to make make a big shout out to, I'm not going to pick him, but I'm going to give him a big shout out. Is what's what was his nickname? The Impador? Imp, Imp, oh, Adriano. Adriano, yeah. What is it? Is it Impedro? <laughs> It just it, it, it's something powerful, something it's powerful, something, powerful. something long, <laughs> something crazy. But Adriano, who was literally meant to be Ronaldo's heir, again yeah, in that Inter Milan shirt, yeah. they recreated that blue and um, grey type striped shirt, the away kit, because Ronaldo did wear that in '97, and Adriano was wearing it in 2007 as well. He did. He was once upon a time one of the top scorers in the Champions League in one of the seasons <laughs> that he played, scoring some amazing goals. People yeah. remember him because of Pez and FIFA, which which was great. But on the pitch, he actually did bits as well. He wasn't just a main man striker. He was working with Ibrahimovic as well. I think Roberto Mancini was manager and really enjoyed it. And the streets will never forget Adriano. They definitely will not forget him because he was someone who was the conqueror. He was the the lethal protector of Inter Milan's attack. And I enjoyed watching him as well. He was a force to be wrecked. Him and Martins in Inter. Oh, my gosh. Martins, who was forever 18 years old until like (laughs) 2017, forever 18. I remember randomly Inter Milan had a friendly with Crystal Palace. I I went there in primary Mm. school. Of all the friendlies to have, and like as soon as them two came out of coach, well, especially Adriano, because they were the last to leave, yeah. Mm. Everyone in South London was like, What? Adriano? Like, because what's what's he doing in ends? What's Adriano doing in ends, bro? How is he like, sure, what a, like, <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? He he had that sort of clout, man. And and also them, well, him, Ronaldinho, Kaka, Ronaldo in Brazil, Brazilian team at the same time. I mean, one of the goals where they were playing pinball, man. And then I think, I don't remember who finished off, but that was a joyous period, bro. Like, it's it's such a shame that a lot of people now, they just didn't grow, through, grow up through these eras. Yeah, they didn't have that individual player to look through. And it doesn't have to be someone from your own league or your favourite team. It's just someone who you really enjoyed to watch. And I go back to the fact that you get I get to see him like once every two, three weeks on ITV1 and you'd be able to really enjoy him scoring a couple of bangers and having a fun time against players because he was someone who just didn't care about anything when he was on a football pitch. And that's what football is at the end of the day. Yeah, I think you two will both agree when you're playing football, you can forget about your outside travel uh, troubles and anything else. And Adriano was that. But unfortunately, it was one of those um, outside troubles that really affected his career and the way he moved forward mm. as well, because we all wanted him to succeed. He was that kind of guy that everyone was rooting for neutrally to be the next best thing, the next biggest striker. And I truly believe he could have been that guy he was, a, he was at the right club. He had the right partnership at the time of Ibrahimovic. It just didn't work well for him in terms of how he just had to go back. He had to go back to the favelas. He had to feel like he had to be more of a family man as well. But Adriano um, is just someone who I needed to shout out. After you mentioned Ronaldo as well, obviously, online. So it needed to be done um, for Adriano. Um, but me finishing it off in style, is it really style if I pick Wayne Rooney? Should I pick Wayne Rooney? Or should yeah. I pick Del Piero? El Piero, Wayne Rooney. I think I'll go for go for Wayne Rooney. Get get some Premier League um, in there. Shout out to Arjen Robbins. Shout out to Marco Royce. Um, I thought they were really good players as well to pick up in that team as well. But I can't have Robin and Ribery because that would have been 
That would have been unfair <laughs> on you two. The game would have been over Robbie before it starts as well. So for everyone listening, I did spare both of these guys by not picking Arya and Robin in my team. But wait, shout Rudy. out to um, David Villa as well. That's how I wanted to shout. What a guy! One absolute. Finisher. Um, more of a shout out can I give Neymar? Neymar can give a shout out to you as well. Neymar's like Raymond Data. He would be a proper street. He's the last of the individuals. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope there's more because I have got faith in Vinicius Mbappe. and Sancho. Yeah, Mbappe. yeah, true, true. Yeah, no, yeah. I think there will be more, but yeah. But I, I don't. Do you know what's crazy? Is I think there will be more, but I don't think there'll be any as crazy as like the Neymar, Ronaldinho. Ronaldo, yeah, nothing like that. Let's let's see what Vinicius does. Though I'm, I'm like, yeah. I'd like to see Vinicius do bits and obviously be himself because not everyone can be a system player. You need to have bits. Like it's mm. kind of what, what with um, Meza Ozil as well when he was a free player and he was allowed to be free he was a fantastic player to watch really enjoyable yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know he can't be a Champions League streets we'll never forget without mentioning his goal against Luda Goretz isn't it Sean you have to mention oh, yeah. that before we wrap up you know what's funny that goal was assisted by El Nenny that's the funniest <laughs> bit of that <laughs> <laughs> what a bit of info from <laughs> El Nenny still got presence in Arsenal's history right there as well he's got Champions League history now because he's always been remembered for that Luda Goretz goal mm. But um, yeah, no, it was, it was a good mention there. And then my last honourable mention was what uh, Marco Royce. I mentioned him earlier, but don't forget how oh, Dortmund got to the final in 2013 as well. Him, Mario Gotze, no, Lewandowski, Lewandowski yeah. Blaschikowski, uh, Ilkay Gundogan as well, with a Jurgen mm. Klopp as manager. Incredible team, incredible balance oh, of attack that they had as well. And unfortunately for Royce, injuries got the better of him. And he's still captain of Bayern, uh, Borussia Dortmund, which is great. But, Honorable mention as well is 19-year-old Jack Wilshere. That game against but that game against Barcelona forever be a legendary game of a single a young kid just taking control of that game. So that's Fabregas. He would have been a good shout. That's Fabregas and a good shout. Fabregas is a good shout as well. Um, but yeah, I'm finishing off the style with Wayne Rooney. Again, he's going through a court case at the moment with Jamie Vardy, so he's not really enjoying much style at the moment and his club's in administration at Derby. But Wayne Rooney, the footballer, bursting onto the scene with a hat-trick against Fenerbahce. I will always remember that game for the rest of my life, that first debut he had for Manchester United and just really enjoying that, that second goal when he just dropped the shoulder and just banged it in. It was great. The free kick was fantastic as well. And I remember him celebrating with Eric Jemba Jemba of all players. So that's something I remember him again. I got the shirt. I didn't get the name of the back, but I got the, the shirt from that season as well, which is great. And I remember meeting my friend the next day before school and just chatting to him about it. Oh, it's incredible. It is fantastic. And he really lit up Champions League nights at Old Trafford as well. He was a really good uh, player to have away. I remember him scoring a header against AC Milan in like 2010. And yeah. we won at the San Siro 3-2. And we hadn't really won at the San Siro for a good number of years as well when we played them. Or in Timberland as well, respectively. So Wayne Rooney is someone who I will always enjoy, and especially for his goal against. Um, do you remember his goal against Roma in 2008? When it was like one 0 and we needed to get through in the in the quarterfinals against them, and he scored. It was like on the half turn and just banged it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember that. Wait, was that um, was that part of the two legs? By the way, um, yeah, that was part of the. No, that was in the group stage. stage sorry, it was a group oh, stage. The group stage. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I remember that. Yeah, really, he's, he's got like so many bangers in his ass, in his history. So even that 2007 home game against um, AC Milan as well, that was a banger. When he yeah. literally last minute just let the let the ball run through him and just banged it in past Dida as well. He was good at that. Really um, good player to watch. I really enjoyed 
top top player to watch as well. I really enjoyed watching him when he was younger in the Champions League because when he got a bit older, Man United was kind of declining in and out of European football as well. weren't the best and um, it's more about his assists and how he can affect the team as a team player as well. So it wasn't always the case, but young Wayne Rooney in the Champions League was a menace and I, I enjoyed watching that menace literally tear up defences. Him and Ronaldo, um, Jason Park as well, that that ridiculous absolutely ridiculous counter-attack the game was already done by the way against Arsenal but that ridiculous (laughs) counter-attack just running the length of the pitch and you're just seeing him do that slide it in with his weaker foot over to Ronaldo and finish it off and that's a great way to finish off this segment with Wayne Rooney as my last I think we've all done sick here because Champions League like I mentioned at the beginning top standards wherever you're looking as well I'm really looking forward to seeing which which of these teams are actually going to be the best because realistically speaking, we've all done fantastically well. And there'll be some people who'll be like, oh, why didn't you pick this person? But for everyone listening, it's because we're going against this BT Sport Immortals thing as well. So I'll pop that on the description on social media as well so people don't hate us for what we've done. But we've we've lost out on so many people, but we've gained so many people in our exercise as well, which is what we love because we had, we had to be thinking about it, which is good. Um, but Sean, just to wrap up the podcast before we end up here, um, are you going to be coming to our summer event that we have planned on the 3rd of July that we won't mention on air yet? Good man, good man. I'm looking forward to it because it's going to be fun to meet in person. It's going to be fun to have a couple of events planned for the summer and getting to meet different people and just playing football, having a vibe and having a good time. It's going to be good fun. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Have you done your season wrap-up? Have you done the season wrap-up? We did that at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. I saved you for the best bit. I saved you for the best bit. So if you do want to mention if Arsenal's going to come back into the Champions League, you can mention it if you want. No, No, we won't. Um, (laughs) But to be fair with you, um, even because we will beat Everton, but Mm. I think Norwich will lose to to, to Tottenham, I think. But a team of Puki hat-trick is definitely in the cards. Um, But um, in all honesty, yeah, as an Arsenal fan, it hurt. It hurt watching that North London derby Mm. and then that loss to, um, who was it? Newcastle. Newcastle because yeah. we just didn't we just didn't turn up like and all excuses aside that was just us not turning up but at the end of the day do you know what progress and it's a process and it's still going to take time got the youngest squad this season Arsenal have fielded the most the youngest squad the most amount of times mm. no excuses but it is the case that the, the team is an experience they're still learning managers and experience he's still learning and when you take an experience into this equation you realise that Arsenal have actually done really well to finish fifth against four of the most experienced and decorated managers. And the way you start the season as well, in the relegation and the way zone we started losing the start this season. We've done a good, good job this season. And if we just yeah. carry on, build on, build brand new players, learn from this season, because I feel like we've learned from the last two seasons, you've got this season. Keep on learning, keep on going. Because the thing is, is in all honesty, and I don't understand, this is why I struggle with Arsenal fans so much at the moment, is... There is no manager at the moment that you can tell me who can beat Pep and Klopp. None. Not Conte's not going to do it. Pep and Klopp are in their own league at the moment. And there's no manager that's going to do it. But once Pep and Klopp step aside, that's the time that I want to see Arsenal with Arteta do, the, do their bits and try and go in that league. Go on, just to finish off, one final question, Sean. Mm. If you could sign one player to help you for next season in one area... Gabriel Jesus. Really? Yep. He'd be the one for you? The experience that he's got, and he's young, 24 years old, I think that they're willing to sell him for like 30 million. It's a no-brainer. He scores goals, and he's a menace. Him and Gabriel Martinelli would be a menace up front. Mm. 
and Saka menace. It would be just, it'd be disgusting. Because he'd want first team football as well in the World Cup year as well. He doesn't want to be mm-hmm. missing out just before November, yeah. December. And I think if Arsenal can get, I said this is it, you can get Gabriel Jesus for 30 million and Dybala on the free, perfect. That's a good winner for me. Dybala will be looking for Champions League as well after leaving on the free. So if if it if he does go, I don't think it will be coming to England because I don't think Liverpool or Man City will get him respectively as well. But Dybala will be sick to see in the Premier League. I'd really like to watch him play, but yeah. it is what it is. Um, but no, before we wrap up, Zim, have you got any messages from yourself? Got any plans from yourself this summer or away games uh, podcast from yourself? Yeah, no, we're going to be like doing a wrap up as well. Um, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, more things to come in it in the new season for sure. Um, yeah, man, and yeah, just other than that, yeah, looking forward to like from a Man United fan perspective, um, what what our new manager can bring in. Um, so that'll be heavily analysed in the coming season on away game. So yeah, definitely. I think on Sunday, if we're free, we could do the last day of the season watch along type thing as well. That would be quite cool. Just know if Arsenal made this Champions League, guys, I'm going to be so gassed. So, so gassed. I can, I can so imagine, gassed. but stranger things have happened in football. That's all stranger I'm saying. Stranger things have And it's Arsenal and Spurs, so you can't predict nothing. Exactly. Spurs mm-hmm. could be that Spurs they could mess up against Norwich. Someone could po- poison their lasagna again <laughs> after, <laughs> yeah, what, 2006 when that happened once upon a time. But um, no, Zim, Sean, thank you very much for your time today. Everyone, thank you very much for listening to our Streets Will Never Forget uh, Champions League edition. I hope you all enjoyed it and I hope you all enjoyed um, learning about different plays if you never really learned about them from the early 2000s or mid uh, 2010s as well because it was people that really meant a lot to us the three of us as well so um, everyone thank you very much for listening do follow us on social media do follow Zim and Sean on social media on the Way Games podcast in the description below we'll see you all next time take care and goodbye <laughs>